This is the Content Creator Society News Podcast, an organization that exists to unite and empower all content creators through inspiration and education. Welcome to episode number two of the Content Creator Society News Podcast. My name is Bonner and with me as always is my colleague, Coleman Molnar. Hey, Coleman. What's up, Bonner? Nothing. <laughs> Still here in my house, staring out the window. Oh, you're in your house today. <laughs> and yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. And, you know, there's that old joke that's going around that the, the 2020 planner that you might have purchased earlier on the year has become the most useless purchase of your life. Well, if it's soft paper, you could find another use for it probably. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Um, so, you know, this Not is... Another- we don't need more toilet paper jokes at this point, do we? <laughs> no. No, you know, the good news right now is, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's good news. It's difficult to tell, but, you know, our, um, you know, is the, you know, our provinces in Canada, they, are they opening? Is this a good thing as a business owner? Yes, it's a good thing because I need to get out there. We need to start to, you know, work. But then again, I don't think we've actually got a good handle on this entire virus thing. So um, I'm wondering if it's a good news story, if it's um, a not a good news story. But you know. well, yeah. I mean, I I I don't know what's going to happen. Like the states are happening are opening as well, right? And uh, mm-hmm. was it Elon Musk was had a tweet storm this morning Ugh. or uh, earlier this week, um, expressing his uh, his support for the reopening of of states in the country. Yeah, I've got. I'm I'm really torn there. I you know the, the, I think the reality of this whole situation is that there is going to be a coronavirus or COVID nineteen to be more precise. Uh, you know, it's going to be around uh, for a long time until this vaccine's developed. So, you know, one part of me is, uh, you know, we've just got to get on with it because we can't just sit and be um, here uh, while it's out there and it's, it's not going to go anywhere. So um, I guess we just have to learn to be safer. And you, uh, I actually point to your, your comments from your trip to Japan, uh, where they're far more prepared for this kind of thing, being like, I mean, sanitizers and things like that at every um, uh, retail store and stuff like that. So. We're just going to yeah, have to no get use there. use of masks, right? They just wear masks all the time. You go onto a train and everyone's wearing masks. All the school children are wearing masks and only only you, the, the six foot six white guy with a beard is the only one not wearing a mask. And then you're like, hmm, I should be wearing a mask. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're supporting other people when you're wearing a mask. It's not for you, it's for everybody else. So you are showing solidarity when you are wearing a mask. That's right. I actually bought a very cool... Uh, a mask that has Spider-Man on it. And like, so I put a word on Instagram one day and some commenters, a commenter who was a nurse was like, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't protect you from the virus. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes me feel good socially when I'm in Tokyo. <laughs> haters like, haters going to hate. Well, I have a, um, my sister-in-law made a beautiful uh, plaid, very Canadian plaid uh, mask. So I will take a picture of it and put it on Instagram today. And you'll be able to check it out. Yeah. People are DIYing masks. People are DIYing content too, aren't they? Well, that's it. So let's get into the news and maybe you give us the uh, intro to that first news story. Yeah. So um, this one caught my eye because I just, uh, I love it. I think that this is a lesson that we're learning now in the midst of the pandemic um, because we have to learn, learn or, or, you know, sink or swim type type deal here. Um, but I think it's something we can really carry on. Um, it comes from a website called livemint.com. Um, Mint is an Indian business news site. Um, headlines, brands turning to their employees for online DIY content to keep marketing channels alive during the pandemic. Um, you know, my, my, I'll give you my take real quick, Bonner, and then I want to hear from you. Um, this is kind of a no-brainer. 
um, in, in my, in my opinion, you, you know, you're looking business owners, um, companies are looking for a way to keep um, things moving forward while not spending too much money and also managing the brand image. You know, you've got reliable creative employees sitting at home, tap them. You know, some of them are even still on payroll to produce that relevant content from their place. Um, so a couple of the things the piece mentions, um, it, it, it quotes, it cites a beauty brand running pedicure DIYs from one of their employees' living rooms. I'm an apparel company who staffs performing beauty and style hacks with recycled clothing. That company's called Westside. Um, and they had uh, one of their people sp- speak to the writer, quote, we've come to realize that the sheer authenticity and honesty of the content is what's working at the moment amongst the consumers. Westside is able to be creative with almost zero budget and still connect with our audience through a purely organic reach, said Umashan Naidu, head of cosmetics and customer. So... There it is. Yeah. It's, it's authentic. It's honest, zero budget, organic. These are all things that you know, are buzzwords in our industry. And here's a company that's realizing it, you know, in, in a, in this panic situation and kind of having what I imagine a light bulb moment, which, you know, as, as content marketers, I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people. that, that light bulb should have gone on a long time ago. Um, so a couple things that struck me with this, uh, let me let me say first that yeah, of course you should be leveraging your employees and people within your organization to share the brand message. I mean, they are your greatest champions of your brand, and the better that your business does, the better that they theoretically do. And yeah, of course. Now that said, is a couple of things that sort of I would caution. One of the challenges is controlling the brand message. So the, you know handing over the reins or having people talk about your business, some brands are extremely uh, fastidious about how they um, curate their brand brand messages. And some brands might not appreciate you um, taking to the airwaves, talking about your brand and maybe using the wrong words or not, you know, maybe the images that you're using in your own social sort of world aren't up to the level that the company might expect. So there's one thing, you know, and, and companies want control, right? They want to control their brand message. So there's a real risk here. You, you release control of your messaging a little bit to people in the company. Number two um, is it's difficult to um, ensure that, I guess, I guess number two really is, is, is with number one a little bit where can they actually create good content? And I mean, I, again, I guess that really comes back down to brand message, but you know, is the video they're going to take the right kind of video and you know, all those kinds of things. So maybe the way I would approach this is I would identify people within the organization who are already adept at creating content and I would have them create, or I'd have the company create a control document. So a control document, like a brand guideline, but for media um, that sort of illustrates this are the word, these are the words we use. This is sort of the the, the template that we use, this is the, 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 the visual aesthetic we use. Here's an example of how to take a photo. Here's an example of how to take a video. I think you need to have that control document and you have to take people within your organization and give them explicit um, authority or freedom to then create an authentic brand message that, you know, on their own social channels, but do it in a way that there is some control and there's some sort of... Um, process to the whole the whole thing yeah so mitigate the risk right handing your the keys to your company's media whatever that is social whatever is is a risk 
but you mitigate that risk with structure and a system and some and some guidelines you know and 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 probably hopefully seeing the content before it goes up unless it's live um, but 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 you know with 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 risk comes reward and and you know the quote they gave us sheer authenticity and honesty and i don't think you can have sheer authenticity and honesty without some risk you know to be honest in today's me, um, online media environment is so risky and you know youtubers get paid for it um, and people get roasted for it as well you know oh, yeah. one of the stories we're not going to talk about today is um, the, the 80 percent of businesses um, who have said they hadn't hired people because of what they posted online so you certainly have to be careful um, yeah yeah you'd see you, you, you and this is this is funny this is where uh, most brands fall apart on social because they're not authentic and so what people can do on their own is always going to be more authentic and they'll probably get more engagement and more likes and all the other bits and pieces that follow that. And this is really that challenge. Companies forever, you know, spend so much effort and time and money creating brands and, you know, um, ensuring that everything looks just the way it needs to look. Um, and yet somebody can come along, a content creator, and, you know, we're all content creators, right? I mean, we're the content creator society. We are all content creators. It's not something that you... You have to be designated and somebody from the, the night of the content creator realm has, you know, knighted you as a content creator. Everybody is. But those people can often do a better job of engaging your audience than the brand marketers who you have in your, uh, your, your organization who get paid X number of dollars to be stewards of the brand. Isn't that an interesting kind of thing? And, you know, how do you relinquish control? Because it's not actually, you know, give, handing the keys over to your, your, your channels. It's having people, is, is it having people talk about your channel or, or talk about your brand on their channels? Or is it people? I think it's, I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. It can be whatever, right? Like a, a takeover, like a takeover kind of thing. Like, Hey, here's, sure. here's the login to our Instagram account. Why don't you take a couple of photos and sort of do a story you know, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's, there's, you, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation this morning with a client um, about this very, very thing. You know, they have, um, they were, doing, uh, it was a, a fitness organization and they were giving um, control of the Instagram account to do a story. So someone would do a takeover on their stories. And I was an looking employee? at it. Pardon? An employee would do a takeover? Yes. Yeah. One of the fitness trainers. And so they would then, so it's similar to the story here where they would be you know, taking over the channel because this is what you can do during these times is how do you create content? Oh, we'll give it to the employees and they can do you know, things. And I was looking at some of the images and they were fine, but you know, were they on brand or were they at least reinforcing what the, the message that the, the company really wants to get out there? And so, you know, my offer, my piece of advice to them for the most part is look, some of these images are probably fine. Somebody, you know, took them, someone lying on their couch, taking a break, whatever. Um, but maybe if you add some context around those, those images, you know, so it's, um, it adds some value to someone else. If someone's going through that feed, and it's not just sort of this random, here's a guy who's, you know, on a couch having a nap. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing that you need to sort of look at when you're doing these kinds of things. Yeah, you always need to have standards, of course. So do you have, you know, brand document, brand guideline, or what I like to call a control document? Control document, which is really you know, another way of saying, you know, brand guideline for social or uh, for media. Mm -hmm. And um, if you could develop a brand guideline or a control document, then you can distribute it to the people who are out there who are going to be either taking over your channels or if you're going to post about the company on your own channels without you know, taking too much control away because of course you need to stay within your own sort of creative and your own aesthetic. 
but you, they should at least have this so they understand what the company's stances are. Um, the other, the yeah, other for, for our next for our next round through the next virus, um, they can have a, a document prepared. And you know, the other question I ran across many years ago, well, you know, I guess it was many years ago. Now, do you, when you become an employee of a company, do you then um, give that employee their own social channel that's you know tied to the company? So they can have their own personal channel. That's fine. But you know, when you get hired, we're also going to give you a Twitter handle and we're going to give you an Instagram handle. And that's where you can post about stuff on the company. What do you think about that idea? It could work. And I think it could also be something that people just resent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with the right employee. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to do well. And I, and I, and I think that's a brilliant idea, you know, to give, to give the microphone to the passionate people within your company in any form is, is smart business. In my opinion, obviously you want to make sure that what they say aligns with your message, but showing that you have people that work for you that, that buy into it and, and share the same passion that your best customers have as well. That's only good. Yeah. And I think, I think as long as you have a clear policy about, I think my opinion is that you should just do it on your own channels and it's more effective anyway. If you have two channels, people aren't going to populate the company one with stuff necessarily. They're going to do their own thing. So my recommendation at the end of the day, when you get right down to the nuts and bolts of having employees work on creating content. So you know, an army of content creators that are, that are out there low cost and you know, they can work from home and they can get your message out there is provide them with guidelines, provide them with a document, provide them with the do's and don'ts when they are talking about your company, provide them the freedom to talk about your company within their own social channels, within their own content creation process, but give them the, the framework. You know, if this is how we kind of would like you, and here are some suggestions to talk about our company when you're, when you're talking about our company. And I think most employees would probably respect that if it's made clear to them up front. Oh yeah, they're employees after all. Do it or don't get paid. <laughs> so that is well, that is that is. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think it's 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 one thing that you know should have been doing for years and years and years. And it's it to us, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening, it's not new. Uh, you know, a new concept, but you know, it is new to a lot of businesses. And given the current times we live in and how things are going to change over the next little while, you'll see more and more of this, which is um, which is really great. Yeah, the, the pandemic has sparked the revelation for some and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many heed the lesson moving forward. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So why don't we move on to our second story of the week? Coleman, why don't you give us a lead into this one? Yeah, this one's a little bit uh, closer to us geographically. Bonner's in uh, Toronto area. In um, Where are you again? Burlington? Thriving metropolis of Burlington. Beautiful city. And uh, I'm in the British Columbia interior, so uh, opposite ends of the country. And this one comes from smack dab in the middle. Um, it's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, cbc.ca. Um, the headline's um, point is Manitoba marketing firms offers its services for free to small businesses during COVID-19. Way to go, guys. Um, this is a heartwarming story and the kind of sentiment we need more of right now, isn't it? And it's uh, also kind of a smart marketing move for this company, in my opinion, which has already garnered itself some national media attention. Here's a you know, a headline in CBC, which is a big deal for those of uh, international listeners who don't know the CBC. Um, so they've put a real focus on brand awareness rather than sales with this um, initiative. Um, and I think that's really tactful. What do you think, Bonner? How does, um, you know, you own a media company, a marketing company. 
Are you, uh, would you would you offer your services to free for free? Sorry, during these times. Okay, so <laughs> this is this is an interesting one. Uh, you know, throughout the article, it you know it's interesting because yes, during these times, I've seen lots of people do this. I've seen some people do it on Instagram. You know, right now we'll give you uh, you know free advice or a free a free video service or you know small little things like that. Okay, there's a part of me that pushes back on this a little bit. Um, I think there's always, even during these times, there's still value in what you do. And I think you have to be very careful about this. Um, this company has got some marketing uh, you know, message out, like to your point, it's got a national publication that's sort of broadcast online. Cool. Uh, there's a couple of other, you know, as they called, I think they called them a marketing challenge or something along those lines where they're challenging other companies to do the same. Hey, you know, Give up twenty five thousand dollars worth of work, um, you know, to support people in this time of need. Okay. Well, first off, quantify twenty five thousand dollars worth of work. It could be, you know, anything. Um, secondly, um, how far does that goodwill? How far does it go? How much do people remember this after the fact? Now they're going to make some, you know, connections perhaps, and they're, you know, which will be great, and they might get some business out of this, uh, you know, at, at some point. Um, but, you know, and they, they mentioned this in the article, you know, people have short memories. And the reality is for a lot of companies right now, marketing companies in particular, because the first thing that often gets cut from any, you know, when you're trying to save money is the marketing companies go. So a lot of marketing companies are struggling right now. You know, retainers have all been cut and um, there's less project work because there's not a lot of visibility on what's going to be happening in the next couple of months and everyone's sort of holding back. Those people have employees to pay. You know, and they don't have the luxury of saying, "I'm not going to charge. I'm going to do something for free." Even you know, and even for if even if for if it's for marketing purposes, um, and then this actually at some level hurts those companies because those companies need to charge, which rightly so they should, to make sure that they can still have employees employed. I mean, sure they've had to lay people off, and they only they have a smaller team now. But it's really hard on these other companies that that just cannot do this because they're in survival mode. Yet you have this other marketing company that's saying, "Hey, we're doing this for free." Well, holy smokes, that really hurts the people in this industry. So I don't know if it's. I mean, it's like I've got a bit of a different take than you, <laughs> and maybe it's because I come from a place where I own a media company, and you know, lots of revenue's been cut off over the last little while. So um, I'm not so sure. This might be really great for the company that's doing it because they've done a great job of getting you know national publication to talk about them, but I think it might hurt the people in the industry at the end of the day. And I don't know how many companies are really going to remember that they did this after the fact. Very interesting. I mean, wh- where I think this is most valuable is you know in, in this situation, one scenario that may have led this marketing company to to take this course of action was them saying. How can we help? How can we be useful? What can we provide to those people who are struggling now that is useful? I'm not saying they did do that. Maybe this was just a marketing play for some attention. But but there's something noble about giving away something that has value when people need it. And there are plenty of small businesses that exist out so, so far away from our the way we work Bonner that are really struggling right now and could really use a little bit of help on social media, on their website, on developing you know some messaging about their brand that is going to help them now immediately and moving forward. 
And I think that if this company reached even one of those businesses and made an impact in one person's life, um, that it's a noble thing. And, and I know that it, it sucks whenever somebody comes along and offers something for free, but that's the world we live in. You know, things are becoming for the most part, cheaper and cheaper, and you cannot fight that. Um, and so I don't want, I don't want to give my marketing services away for free either, but I'll tell you what, if my neighbor needs it, um, I will. Uh, we should talk after this, after this show, (laughs) you're in my price range. Um, you know, (laughs) I, you know, and I don't want to, you know, and it's very difficult because you don't want to come across as a miserly kind of person who's like, well, you know, this is, you know, you know, everything is, you know, this is horrible. But at the end of the day, um, I think you just have to be very careful about how you sort of, how this comes across. And maybe there are other ways to support communities that, um, that can be as equally, if not more helpful. Does the world really need more marketing right now? I mean, eh, I don't know. Um, does the world need more people, you know, supplying, um, delivering food to first line responders and that kind of stuff? Yes. Does so, the world need more marketing podcasts? Yes. <laughs> It needs one more. It needs one more. It needs one more. I'm sure there's, you know, there's, it probably doesn't need any more. It's got lots, but that's okay. <laughs> um, crowd, crowded space. Listen, I, I, I will say this. I will say this though. I, I will say I applaud. I, I Listen, I will take, I will take this at face value that it was done in the spirit of supporting other people. And that's awesome. And I've got no issue with that. And, you know, I, um, I think that it's not as straight and, you know, maybe because I like to take a bit of a contrary kind of point of view um, sometimes. Um, but you know, it's there, there's two sides to every story. And we've got one side here, which is like, it's a philanthropic kind of endeavor. We're trying to help people out and during their time of needs. The other, the time of need, the other side of this story is here are people looking to get, there's a very smart play to get national attention, to get a couple of new customers after this is all sort of said and done. Um, and it's really a monetary um, and a very wise um, move from a business perspective. Then it's an advantage to a bigger company as well, right? Like the smaller people who can't afford to keep their employees working for free right now. So exactly. So yeah, yeah. If you, if you got the revenue to do it, like, listen, you've got big companies like Apple, they can continuously pay their employees, even though all the stores are closed because they have more money than they, you know, this is what they can do with that money. And there are other smaller businesses that just cannot do that right now. Um, So um, anyway, it's, I wasn't it, expecting this one to go so deep, to go so deep on this one, Bonner. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm an unexpected kind of fellow. It's, um, yeah, well, it's a, it's a good story. Um, and, uh, you know, I risk, uh, the wrath of the audience by, you know, saying that I am Scrooge and, uh, you know, I'm taking the dark <laughs> view of everything, but, um, and, and maybe on that note, we can tell people where they want to, where they can reach us if they want to. So you can reach us. Um, at the content or content creator society on Instagram. Now being our second episode and Facebook. and Facebook. Thank you. Uh, that Instagram channel will be populated actually today. We've, we've gone through some of the, um, uh, the assets today. So that's good news. And again, we are just getting started here. So, uh, and the Facebook is going to be very much the same. Uh, and online, you'll find the podcast at media.stakeandsizzle.com. And that's its temporary home until we get our contentcreatorsociety.com website up and running. Um, but of course, we are working on about four or five different things uh, along with this. You can follow me at Bonner B on Instagram, the best place to find me. You can also find me at uh, the same on Twitter. 
Yeah, sweet. And I'm uh, I'm Coleman of Lietco, L-I-E-T-C-O on Instagram. That's probably the best way to reach me. Keep it simple. All right. And I will say that uh, if you like the show, please do feel free to give it a review and uh, subscribe because that would help us out a great deal. And we'll look forward to another episode in about 15 days. We do this show twice a month and uh, looking forward to seeing you all again very soon. Yeah. And some more uh, um, expert interviews in between, right, Bonner? Yes, actually, good point. Uh, We also have another show that's called the Content Creator Society Interviews. You'll find that right now on iTunes, but it's being uh, distributed through uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other places where you find podcasts. And that is a 15-minute short format uh, interview style show where uh, we interview content creators from around the world and get a little bit of uh, information with respect to how they do their business, um, the tips, the tricks, um, and any sort of other advice that they can provide to other co- content creators. It's really kind of meant to be a space where people can get together and sort of share best practices and sort of get around a virtual water cooler and really talk about the business of uh, content creation. Awesome. Well, until next time, we'll see you all later, guys. Thanks, Bonner. Talk soon.